Tuned into Round of Attractive Friends. I'm your host, LA, aka the Love Ambassador, and what you just heard there was that one and only Magic Sound, baby. Yeah, we're taking you right deep down to the Chicago Western today. Yeah, where they brought you the Maxwell Street, where they gave you the Freddie King and the Buddy Guy and everything else. But I want to take you on a journey. Woo-wee! This is one. Now, Magic Sam is uh, a short career at that as part of our Blues series, but man, can that guy, he's got the chops. Oh, ooh, and that singing as well got me a little bit hot, I'm not going to lie. So, Magic Sam was obviously a blues musician, and he was born in Granada County, Mississippi, and learned to play the blues from listening to records by Muddy Waters and Little Water. After moving to Chicago at the age of 19, he was signed to Cobra Records. But before we go to that... What's interesting about Granada County, Mississippi, is when you're reading up about Magic Sam, there's a bit of conflict about, like, was there blues, was there juke joints or whatever. But um, the fiddle, it was sort of more of like a rural kind of country hoedown sort of thing. So a lot of the parties that used to have used to have more of like a country western twang with the uh, the dancing going on. And what was interesting with Magic Sam is when he actually went up to Chicago, a lot of the dudes were like, he doesn't really quite slide like a Elmore James or Homesick James. He doesn't kind of hit it hard like a Hound Dog Taylor. He doesn't have that finesse in the sense of uh, muddy waters, and he doesn't have that dripping of the soul edginess, rawness of um, Little Walter on the harmonica. So let's have a little, little look before we go into sort of the, the more Chicago West side, and I'll give you an example of what I mean. As you can see, a little bit of a different style of guitar. I mean, it was known as the tremolo style. So anyway, he arrives in Chicago around 1950 from the deep down south, picking up a few blues guitar pointers from his neighbour, Seal Johnson, who went on to become obviously the very famous soul singer. Uh, and his brother, Mark Thompson, was actually his bassist throughout his career. He had the harpist, Sharky Jake Harris, sometimes referred to as his uncle, and encouraged by Sam's blues progress and gigging with him later on, both became Westside institutions. His tremolo-rich staccato finger-picking was an entirely fresh phenomenon when he premiered it on El Toscano's Cobra label in 1957. He obviously kept on gigging, uh, and he had relatively relative success with All Your Love, uh, which was a local sensation through Chicago, and also other things like Everything's Gonna Be Alright and Easy Baby. Borrowed much of the same melody, but, you know, no less... The, you know, the less powerful. 
As an emerging West Side Sound, he, he, he really got influenced about what was going on around him. However, he actually got um, drafted into the army and essentially, well, I can't really blame him during that period where, uh, during the segregation of the South where he came from, that he didn't particularly want to find the army and he ended up spending, uh, I believe it was six months in prison. Obviously, he uh, reflected on that with 21 in jail, jails and teamed up with the locks of, obviously, Willie Dixon, the legendary um, blues producer. Now, obviously, the record label Cobra didn't really last too long, so Sam Magic Sam didn't follow his teammates Otis Rush and Magic Slim over to chess. Instead, after enduring an unpleasant arm experience that I've just talked about, he rocks up around 1960 uh, to to another label and, and kind of does a couple of things there. So at Crash Records, he makes Out of Bad Luck, uh, and then that starts to see the arrival of his trademark melody. But it remained uh, sort of stuttering here and there. And, you know, another notable performance was uh, This Is Why I'm Crying, and eventually he ends up on the Delmark Records. Now, you may ask, what was he doing during the 50s and 60s? Well, he was really kind of gigging with, like, Homesick James, and a lot of these cats, um, you know, were, were just literally just blues musicians at, at clubs. Yeah, I mean, we're all used to sort of bars and restaurants and having your music going in the background. There was that, but then there was also um, people used to go and have their Friday night, take the girl out, get dressed up, have a bit of a dance, have a bit of a liquor and that sort of thing. And that's where the Chicago West Side style really emanates because people were generally playing for cats that wanted to get down and well, escape the harshness of, of you know, African-American lives which is still exists today, but in particular in the 50s and 60s. And that's why you saw that real, like, rawness and prowess and, like, makes you really want to get up and groove. And, and, and there's, no better, there's no better way to show this than how he takes on a stock standard Robert Johnson song, Sweet Home Chicago. I mean, as you can tell, it's just awesome. And I remember about five years ago, uh, I actually went from deep down the south in Clarksdale, Mississippi uh, on Friday night. And on Saturday, I ended up in Chicago. And uh, one memory that sticks out to me is just that a lot of the train lines in Chicago aren't underground. They're above 
the roads and they actually go through all the buildings it's kind of weird it's literally if you watch the blues brothers that's what it's like like it just shifts in and out of apartment buildings and office buildings and everything like that and i just remember just sitting on that train um coming in from the airport and just having having that sweet home chicago magic sam going and i i just you know you're coming over the river and you just think wow this like this is it man like this is just living. This is just pure joy. And and you understand how he sings and the way that he plays and the way that he bends the guitar and the rhythm just driving it and the bass and the laid back but yet cleverly syncopated drums and everything like that. That that's why that's why as you're shortly gonna find out his records there were few whilst he was alive, but were just priceless artefacts. Eventually, he joins Delmark label, uh, and they released two of his most important albums, West Side Blues, which is his only studio album in 1967, and the Black Magic album the following year. The body of the work set the ground rules for modern electric blues with the restrained but insistent use of horns, soulful, emotive vocals, a palpable sense of repressed energy, and above all, those sparkling guitar runs. Such talent was not going to stay in the local clubs forever, and Sam began touring the States, San Francisco, Fillmore West, Avalon Ballroom. Uh, his famous performance is actually in 1969 at the Ann Arbor Blues Festivals, and a lot of the music you hear actually captures um, the live music is, is, is from there. Uh, he also toured Europe and was rumoured at the time when Stax was as big as it is, and if you're in Memphis, check out the Stax Museum. It's really cool uh, to sign up with them. Uh, unfortunately, he suffered a massive heart attack at the age of 32 on December 1969. Um, and, and for me... Um, I mean, I'm 34 now, right? And uh, before I end my conclusion, because I want to get a couple more songs in, I'm just going to play another one and then I'll reflect. I mean, like I said, that just really sums it up. He has a very interesting style because the texture of the voices in blues musicians are really so vast. Like Magic Sam um, and, you know, like Muddy Waters have like a really, um, Little Milton have like a really crisp, soulful kind of voice. And then you've got the likes of like Hal and Wolf that have got this kind of growl when they talk, you know, when they sing, moaning at midnight. Um, but the thing is that Magic Sam essentially started what would be like a catapult of a resurgence of blues music. 
um, because he came in line within the era that the Rolling Stones and the British rock expansion was kind of coming on. And there was a whole crowd of Europe being introduced to blues music. And they realised that it wasn't that, like, you know, boring folk music or some guy that's just having a whinge, essentially. Like, he really showed people and was one of the leaders of how it can mould into what you would call soul or funk music. And then it's like, Muddy Waters did a song, he said, the blues had a baby and they named it rock and roll. And I, I feel like Magic Sam's music, it, it spawned so many more influences and so many more babies, for lack of a better expression, musically and production-wise and concept of horns and everything like that, that... Whilst in the blues circles he's appreciated, he he never really got the acknowledgement that I that I feel that he he needed. And as always, even if one person listens to my blues podcast and one person listens to Magic Sam and one extra person goes, "Yeah, man, this is awesome. I love this," then I feel like I've done my job. And uh, I hope Magic Sam, wherever he may be, will be very happy. I'm gonna leave you with another one of his tracks. And uh, look, honestly, this has just been an absolute and utter pleasure just delivering this for you and and thanks so much for listening you want to check me out on social medias at the real la21 or at random attractive friends if you don't doesn't matter go on spotify and check out magic sam you're legends Darling